welcome to Best Book Forward, the podcast where I talk to authors, publishers and book lovers alike about the books that have shaped their lives. Think of it as like Desert Island Discs, but the bookish version. In this bonus episode, I'm joined again by Beth O'Leary. In the last episode, we talked about Beth's new novel, The Wake Up Call, as well as discussing the five books that have shaped her life. And if you've missed that episode, you'll find a link to it in the show notes. Today we'll talk a little bit more about Beth's books and learn a little bit more about Beth's life as a writer and reader and also find out one of her bookish secrets. Beth, welcome back and thank you so much for joining me again. Oh, it's lovely to be back. Thank you. So in the last episode, we had a really lovely chat about The Wake Up Call and the books that have shaped your life. And you're going to start us off with a little reading from The Wake Up Call, which is very exciting. So (laughs) so this is how the book starts. No context, so I'm not going to give you any context either. Um, This is just, well, we get December 2021. Um, Dear Lucas, I have a confession to make and I'm kind of nervous about it, which is why you're getting it in your Christmas card. Merry Christmas, by the way. Whenever we cross paths at the hotel, something strange happens. I get hot, jittery, say weird things like good morrow and forget what it is I'm chatting to a guest about and look at you instead of looking at whichever of Barty's menu editions Arjun wants to disagree with today. I'm not usually the sort of person to get infatuated. I'm more of the slow burn, warm and cosy type and I don't lose my head over a guy. I never have. But when I look at you, I get all flustered. And when you look at me, I wonder if you might be feeling the same thing. I've been waiting for you to say something, really. But my friend Jem pointed out that maybe you just think I'm not available, or maybe you're not big on sharing how you feel, or maybe I just need to woman up and make the first move. So here I am, putting my cosy warm heart on the line to say, I like you. A lot. If you feel the same way, meet me under the mistletoe at 8pm. I'll be the one in the pink dress and also the one who is Izzy, the receptionist. I don't know why I said the pink dress thing. I'm going to stop writing now because I've run out of space and dignity. See you at eight. Izzy, kiss, kiss, kiss. Dear Izzy, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. Regards, Lucas. I love that. And do you know what? Listening to it again, I just think I have really take my hat off to Izzy. It's I such know she a puts brave... herself out there. It's hard. It's it hard really... to tell someone that you like them that way. Like very brave. Written down. I mean, the trust of it as well, <laughs> that she's passing it on to somebody who could pass it round and everything. Yeah. It's really brave. She really did manage to woman up, didn't she? She did. And that's very Izzy, you know, a kind of, it, it was a, it was a leap for her and she is very brave, but um, when those things don't work out, she, uh, defences go right back up again. <laughs> they really do. Did you always plan to start the um, novel with the Christmas cards? No, oh. I didn't. So it was actually only once I, I wrote quite a lot of the novel without actually knowing what their history was. Um, I didn't really know why they hated each other apart from that they didn't get along. And I'm trying to think when I kind of, yeah, when I decided once I worked out what could have happened between them in the past, uh, then this, I mean, a Christmas card was such a perfect kind of, I love, I, I know it's a controversial trope, the misunderstanding trope, but it's also an absolute classic of the genre. And for me, it, the wake up call is 
a kind of celebration of of a rom-com it's like I've got so many of my favorite things in there you know enemies to lovers there's a grand gesture we've got so many of the kind of classic sort of highlights of of the form um I suppose and yeah I felt like a misunderstanding was almost part of part of that you know one another one of those elements um that is so classic of of this sort of story and I like putting it out there right at the beginning to kind of say well how has this happened <laughs> and then we're sort of we, we we sit with that for the story that's brilliant as you say I think all of those elements just work so well in their story oh, and uh, I just loved reading about them both I thought they were fabulous thank you um so I've got some questions for you some about your books and your writing and some about reading but I thought we'd start off with your your books mm. um so your debut novel the flat share came into the world and took over it uh <laughs> sold well over a million copies was made mm. into a major tv series and your subsequent novels have all hit the bestsellers list so you have a huge and very loyal fan club obviously there is a tremendous amount of hard work and an extraordinary talent that you have that's gone into this i don't believe it's come easy for you whatsoever but I guess your journey is a dream for a novelist to have yeah. this amount of success. So I'd love to hear more about what that's been like for you. And what is it, do you think, about your books that just makes us instantly fall in love with them and want more? Oh, now, if I knew the answer to that, I'd feel a lot more comfortable <laughs> <laughs> because I'd, I'd feel sure I'd be able to do it again. Um, but yes, it is a total dream. And it's kind of my journey and it has been a dream for me um I've been writing novels since I was a child I finished my first novel age 15 um and I have been trying to get an agent pretty much since then um so there were many many books before the flat share and there were many many no's before the flat share um and in fact even the flat share I sent out to probably five or six agents and only one of them wanted to read past the first three chapters um so, you know, when people say it only takes one, yes, like it really does. <laughs> mm. um, and when Tanara Simons, who is my agent now and is my right hand woman, um, when she said, really enjoyed the first few chapters, could you send me the rest of the manuscript? Like that would have been enough to make my year. Like it was the most I had been dreaming of that happening since I was a child. Um, and then it was just an unbelievable whirlwind you know this this story that I had loved and told very few people about because I didn't really confess to being a writer I think it's a few friends kind of knew that I wrote and but I didn't tell them about the stories and I didn't I felt a bit embarrassed I think it's kind of like when you say to people oh, I write novels in my spare time you know people kind of think it's cute um and I still get that sometimes when I say to people oh I write rom-coms and they go like no oh, good for you and I think <laughs> I okay yeah <laughs> <laughs> um and I uh this little story that I'd written on my commute to and from work which I loved with so you know so fiercely but had kind of kept so secret and really very few people had seen was suddenly going to be published in like 30 something languages um it was a absolutely extraordinary terrifying journey because it was very you know I was kind of euphoric but also really scared you know it felt so extreme it was like nothing it was like my dream was coming true and and also I'd been you know Quirk has um 
it gave me a two book deal. So I, I used to write another book and I wanted to write another book. I was always writing anyway, but, um, suddenly I had a readership waiting and I had publishers saying, what's your idea? And it was, it was so intimidating to kind of, I, I had this real fear that I wouldn't be able to do it again. Um, and I can only really talk about that now that I am, you know, five books in and a lot more confident in myself. Um, because at the time I don't think I could necessarily have confessed that I found it so intimidating. Um, because then you might have all said, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're not going to be able to do it again. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's been an unbelievable journey and I still can't believe I get to do this. I love my job. I could not dream. I, it is who I am as well as what I do. And I feel so lucky every day that I get to sit at this desk and write. And that's what people want me to do and it's not something I'm doing for my own amusement or squeezing in and in, in, in between my real job I, I, I get to do this all the time and I'm so lucky <laughs> well we're so lucky that you love to oh. do it because it shines through off your pages and uh, you. I think that's so lovely and I do I often think about um, authors who have a really successful debut and I just think it must be mm. so hard to sort of to, to think about that second book and I mean it's hard I think publishing is hard however whatever mm. shape your journey takes I think um it's so exposing to put a novel out there and I think whilst it's really really hard to have had a very successful debut in some ways having a very unsuccessful debut is incredibly hard you know mm. there are so many fantastic writers whose books just haven't quite landed for whatever reason and it's just, it's a really tough industry. And, and, um, you know, I, I am so thankful for the kind of opportunities the flat has given me and, and the fact that it's allowed me to keep writing. And, um, yeah, I just, I, I wish I knew what I really do not know. I find publishing totally fascinating and I do not know what makes a book do what the flat did. You know, it, it just captured people at the right moment. And, I got extremely lucky and I think I cannot even tell you it happened to me and I cannot tell you why at all really and I look at so many books that are brilliant and think why hasn't that happened to that book and equally you know it, it's just there's a there's such a randomness to it I think and it just says something about maybe what collectively we all need at a particular moment and I think maybe maybe we were all in the mood for something a, a little uplifting when the flat share came along that's the best I can do in terms of trying to understand it yeah I think so and I think with your books your characters always feel so authentic and warm and you just mix the sort of humor and romance and everything yeah. that I just think you know when you know that one of your books is coming out I think I don't know if you saw my um, Instagram I ended up about six copies so funny it really made me laugh you... <laughs> so, <laughs> I think when... that's also from me constantly nagging you to pre-order <laughs> I'm always like hello everyone if you wouldn't mind pre-ordering and you've been very dutifully <laughs> I was like, oh yeah must do that <laughs> must do that ah <laughs> oh, the sieve brain um <laughs> We talked briefly in the main episode about um, people's perceptions of rom-coms and romances. And mm. you, you said that you also sort of at one point didn't see, you know, how wonderful they are. Mm. I talked about this with another author just recently. And I find that I used to be like, oh, I don't think I really, you know, I like a rom-com movie, but I don't think I'd mm, read a romance. That's a common was, one. It's really strange. Like, why wouldn't you? My husband isn't a reader. Um, like he'll read one or two books a year but I made him watch the flat share with me 
and he loved it. And I was oh, like, I'm That's so pleased. So interesting. Mm. And I wonder, you know, we did talk about, you know, that sort of perception. I think, I think there's a tremendous amount of skill that goes into somebody writing a good romance. I don't think they mm. should be seen as fluffy or, you know, palate cleansers or anything like that. I mm. sort of don't like that sort of thinking of them but I wonder do you think now there have been a few that have been sort of um adapted into tv and movie obviously the flat shed do you think that will help um there is an interesting thing where I think people sometimes think a book is a bit more legitimate if it's made it to the screen somehow and actually often people kind of um people talk about kind of a screen adaptation with me as though as though it is the ultimate end game do you know what I mean Mm. like wow like that must you have totally made it when your book goes to screen and for me I made it when my book got to the page (laughs) and I don't think that there's any sort of more validity Mm. to a story just because someone thinks that actually what works on screen or what works on a page is often quite different you know a story that will really grip you as a reader might not tick all the boxes for the people in the TV world or whatever. So there are lots of reasons why a book might not translate well to the screen. Um, but I hope, I hope it will have people reading more. I actually, am also really, you know, I'm up for more rom-coms on the telly too. Like I, mm. I feel like, um, you know, we've had a few great ones recently, but I do just, I just want more rom-coms everywhere really. <laughs> and I hope that it will make, I, I do wonder if it will maybe help with, guys picking up uh rom-coms because I think um often my male readers have have come to my books via a girlfriend or wife saying oh my god this is brilliant you should read it and then um you know they'll it will have surprised them um but I think we don't we don't do ourselves any favors by sort of I try not to talk about my books as um like chick little women's fiction because it says you have to be a woman to read it and I I think um romantic comedies is a much better phrase because it says what the story is it's romantic Mm. and it's funny and anyone can enjoy that yeah and it's funny isn't it because I guess there was a time where you think of the movies you know there'd be so many brilliant rom-coms coming out it just doesn't seem that there are as many now yeah you're right I really I've recently really enjoyed love at first sight on netflix if anyone oh, I haven't watched has. that yeah do you know what it really I I mean it's not it's it, I wouldn't say I like fell head over heels for it but it was very interesting sort mm. of celebration of of a of a romance like it, it and it it was very knowing and I enjoyed the little nod to the the viewer which you'll you'll know what okay. I mean when you see it. I've got to watch it now <laughs> <laughs> um so I'm really nosy and I love hearing about writers lives and how they go about it all I saw on Instagram recently that you have a new writing space this beautiful Mm. window and all that (laughs) light I was like so gorgeous but I wonder do you have any little rituals uh, that you follow when you're sitting down to write you know what does your writing day look like um I'm not that sort of writer really I I and I try not to be I write anywhere and um that kind of comes from how I started I think with writing on the train um and I'm almost slightly sort of superstitious about not creating rituals does that make sense um Mm. because I think I want to be able to write anyhow and anywhere and I don't want this to become something that I'm precious about because it's such a big part of who I am that then just means that sometimes I can't do it um so I've been out and about on the road a lot with with publicizing the wake-up call and meeting readers which has been amazing um so I've done a lot of writing on trains and in train stations um and when I had a very little baby I wrote a lot on my phone um because 
once I got good at feeding, you kind of got two hands. <laughs> you've always got your phone with you, or if you've not got your phone with you, then you're really screwed um, because you're like, oh no, no entertainment for the next however long when they fall asleep on me. Um, so I I try not to let myself get like that. Um, although I can definitely feel the temptation. I I um I met my Spanish editor the other day, um, which was a real pleasure in Madrid. And she says when she edits, she has a different scented candle for each author and each book. Um, and I just love that idea. And I could totally get sucked into like always having a different scented candle for a book. But I, I try. I won't let myself. <laughs> that is a lovely idea. Isn't it? I love really? it. She yeah. showed me what my candle was as well, which is nice. <laughs> oh, that's so sweet. My sister does that when she goes on holiday. She has like a, a candle. So she always remembers the scent to take her back oh, to the holiday. Oh, wow, how lovely, because so, smell is so evocative, isn't it? It really is, yeah. And I always think I'm going to do that as well, but I'm just not that Yeah, organized. just never get around to it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you have had such a successful career and long may it continue. I wonder when you sit back and reflect on it all, though, if you could go back in time and oh, chat yeah. to the Beth O'Leary who's about to sit down and write the flat share, what would you tell her? And are there any moments that you've had along the way that is so that you just had to pinch yourself that you'd like to give her the heads up on that this is coming her way? Oh, that's a great question. Um, yes, there are so many moments that I wish I could bottle and just experience again because they were so special. Um, I think getting that email from Tanara, I think the phone call where she said, Quirkers want to publish you. Um and the moment when we got the US deal and I realized I could quit my day job um, mm. and I could write full time, like that was extraordinary. Like that is a total dream come true for me to be able to actually be a full time author. It was, um, yeah, I, I, I'd bottle all of those if I could. Um, but in terms of what I'd say to me <laughs> back then, I think I... I would try and say, I mean, so it's, it's very easy to say and very hard to do, but I would try and say like, it's, it's okay. If not every moment of your dream coming true is perfect. If you know what I mean? I think I put, I think I felt so, so grateful and so lucky that anytime I felt anything else, I kind of shut it down. Like I was like, I shouldn't be feeling like this because I'm so lucky and I'm so grateful. And this is exactly what I wanted to happen. But of course, all kinds of other emotions come up as well. Like it was a huge life change and it was a lot. And sometimes I was scared and sometimes I was lonely and sometimes, you know, and I think I would have done better if I'd said to my, if I'd been able to say to myself, like, that's okay. And that's what I try to say to debuts now is like, it's okay to say that it's hard sometimes, you know, even though it's your dream coming true, it doesn't make it any less valid and doesn't make you any less grateful um, to experience kind of the other emotions alongside all the joy. I think that's probably good advice for anyone going forward in whatever they're doing, really, yeah. isn't it? Just, yeah. you know... Big changes, you know, mm. they, they, they're they hard as well as beautiful. So, yeah. Oh, that's lovely. So with your, uh, we obviously talked about your Desert Island books. Um, I'd love to hear a little bit more about your life as a reader. I'm sure your name would come up on many people's auto buy. You're certainly on mine, as you know, and I will buy repeatedly <laughs> but who are your also by authors and what sort of books do you enjoy settling down with um I'm a real romance reader so um Emily Henry is an auto buy for me now um Sophie Irwin who writes beautiful historical romance um and I do love a historical romance actually they're like my real sort of escape because I don't write it so one thing I do find now that as a 
writer when I read sometimes I find myself reading much more critically or in a kind of writerly way and often I'll be reading to quote so it's kind of a bit more it's a bit different and I'm kind of thinking what is it I love about this book that I could pull out to talk about or whatever so reading historical romance sort of no one really although saying that they I, I am quoted on Sophie Owen's book I discovered the other day when I picked up a copy for my mum I was like oh I'm on the back but um I do just read them just for just for pure pure joy and pleasure um so yes I'm, I'm always a fan it's a uh, Evie Dunmore, I love her books as well. Um, and then kind of the, the greats, I mean, Marion Keyes, David Nichols, I'll, I'll, I'll pick up what they write. And, and oh, Taylor Jenkins Reid, I, I know she'll always give me something that I'm not expecting. Do you know what I mean? I feel like mm-hmm. all of her books are really different. And, but I totally trust her to just take me somewhere beautiful that I will like love. And, and they're such page turners. So yeah, she, she's, she's one for me as well. Amazing. So many amazing authors there. I'm mm-hmm. with you on Taylor Jenkins Reid. Like, I think, again, when I hear her, that she has a book come out, I'm like, oh, what's yeah. she going to do? Yeah, what's, what's she, she going to do? do? I love that. <laughs> I, I think do. it's so nice to have a writer who you just completely trust, um, even though you don't know, you know, I, I feel like if I had to say what she writes, I'd struggle to kind of give a name to mm. all of her books because they are actually really varied, aren't they? Yeah. No, they're fabulous. Absolutely fabulous. Um so there are so many, we've been talking about our TBRs, there's so many great books coming out and I always feel like there's some that I'm missing that I should mm. have read. Are, are there any books that you feel you should have read that you haven't read yet? This is a spoiler for my bookish secret. Oh, well then leave it then. What <laughs> Let's just change that then. Beth, would you like to share a bookish secret with us? Yes, I would love to. Um, and I was I thought really hard about this. You did very kindly give me a heads up on this question because it's a tricky one. And I was thinking, oh, like I have a ton of bookish secrets. Which ones am I not too ashamed to share? Um, or like, am I allowed to share? Because I would love to share with you all kinds of secrets about the things I've got coming up, but I better not. Um, so I thought I would tell you, and genuinely I do feel quite embarrassed by this. I... I've never read a Colleen Hoover. And I just feel like you can't, I can't, that's terrible, isn't it? Oh, no, my God. Am I not alone? No, we're together. (laughs) But I'm going to do something about it. I literally, last week, I downloaded the audiobook of It Ends With Us. And it's, there's nothing, the problem is, I've actually often not read the big books that everyone is talking about and everyone and that, and I feel I I feel really embarrassed about it. But because I'm always reading proofs, I'm always reading like a year ahead. So you know, publishers will say to me, "This is going to be the big book in 2025," and but they're not always right. And so you know, I'll be reading, and and if I miss it, you know, Colleen is a different is a bad example in some ways because actually she was published her her kind of big books. A lot of them were published long before I I was, but. Um, yeah, I still, I often miss them. And then I've completely missed the boat and everyone else is talking about it. And I'm like, what, which one? <laughs> and I feel like, oh no, people really expect you to be on it when you're an author. You can't be out of touch about books, but I, I often am. Um, but the thing with Colleen Hoover is it, she's just absolutely exploded. I have so much, I mean, I, I have so much respect for how like her career I look at kind of what she's done and I think I love that I love that she's sort of had this amazing success like years after she first started publishing um but people say that the books are really dark and there's a lot of sort of and and I'm I'm so rarely in the mood to reach for something which I know will kind of upset me um so I think that is what's held me back even though I'm 
I'm, I don't know. I think I need to try because actually I need to see for myself, I think, because so many people love her with such passion. You know, I I am probably going to love her too. But um, yeah, I've not gone there yet. Isn't that I terrible? No, I, no, not? it's not. No, I've got one of her books on my shelf. And I think it's the same. Sometimes when a book is really hyped, mm. uh, I get the fear like, what if I'm the only one who doesn't like it? Yes. <laughs> like, I don't oh. want to be there on my own. <laughs> the hyped book problem. I mean, I was a hyped book. The flat share was very, very hyped. And I would, I would feel this sort of wash of fear when I'd see these comments from people saying like, you know, I was I was worried this one wouldn't live up to the hype. It was like, oh god, me too. <laughs> because it happens all the time as a reader. You, it's natural. People tell you. Also, there's nothing more annoying really than being repeatedly told to do something. So when everybody's telling you you must read this book, after a bit you get like, do you know what? I'll read whatever I like, thanks. <laughs> and I think sometimes a book suffers because we're all being told we must read it and enjoy mm. it. And it's a bit like reading for school. Like we were just saying, you know, yeah. being told you have to read something, take some of the fun out of it. Some of the, I think some of the books I've enjoyed the most have been ones that I've just completely, I've been like, I've no idea what this is. I'll just pick it up and give it a go and be like, oh, I feel like I've discovered something brilliant that no one else knows about, you know? <laughs> yeah, that is lovely, isn't it? There's such a nice feeling when you have that. It's like, I've stopped, uh, I don't always read um about what the book's about I will sometimes just pick up a book look at the title and just go straight in like I don't yeah. know what genre we're in because I obviously get quite I a lot love of proofs. That. yeah it's so exciting isn't mm, it it's a real uh, thrill you feel like you're first person walking yeah. on the moon kind of yeah. feeling <laughs> uh, well look we both we're both uh we should buddy read it together we should we should and and <laughs> And I, I think it needs to be done now because now that I've said it out loud, I know, I know. I've really got to do it. So I'm going to read one of hers. We'll be checking I'm in on you. <laughs> checking, oh, I've done my homework. Exactly. I'll mark it for you. <laughs> oh, Beth, it's been so lovely to chat to you. Honestly, this is a dream come true having you oh. here. So thank you so much. Oh, thank you for having me. I hope that you've enjoyed this bonus episode as much as I have. And I'd be so grateful if you could take the time to rate, review, subscribe and tell your friends about it. I'll be back next month chatting to another author and I really hope that you'll join me for that. Chat to you soon.